Hello, bike nerds from around the world, and welcome back to the Bikes for Death podcast. I'm your host, Patrick, and on this show, we talk about bikepacking, adventuring, and the cool people who participate. This is going to be the second episode in my Bikepacking Summit series. Today, we have Greg Hardy, which for me is a really special interview. It was about this time last year that I sat down with him uh, to record my first ever podcast at uh, Rock Guys World Headquarters in Asheville, North Carolina. So being able to come full circle and interview him around the exact same time of year, and I'm going to be releasing this episode uh, within about a week of when uh, his original one was, was released. So it's just a pretty pretty neat thing, and it was really nice to be able to catch up with Greg and uh, see how well he's doing and all the new things that he's got going on. Um, so I can't wait to have you listen to this episode. I think you're really going to enjoy it. But before we get to it, I just need to mention a few items of housekeeping. Uh, first off, if you've been using the Amazon affiliate link, uh, I have appreciated that, but unfortunately, Jeff Bezos has shut me down. Um, I got an email a couple days ago that I had violated their terms of service. Um, it didn't say what I did, um, but they basically just shut shut the account down, no questions asked. Um, so I'm going to work on appealing that and figuring out if I can get that back up and running. Uh, but for now, yeah, uh, it's not working, so that's a bummer. But I have good news. I have found the perfect van that I'd like to turn into the Bikes or Death mobile podcasting studio. I know you've heard me talking about it on the podcast, and I'm ready to jump in and make that a reality. I've started a GoFundMe. Uh, I'm looking to get $5,000, and then I will kick in the rest to convert the van into a sweet podcasting studio, something that I could like. It's going to be basic. I'm going to throw a bed in the back, have some chairs and a table and some microphones and a camera. Oh, that's the other thing is I'm committing to do video podcast. Um, so if we get this van up and running, I'm going to set up a video camera equipment in there to be able to record the interviews. And then I'll release the video and the audio, uh, probably release that on YouTube. Um, so please, if you can, uh, Every little bit helps. I know every telethon says that, but it's actually true. If everybody who listened to this show gave $1, I could easily buy that van. Um, so please, if you can, head over to GoFundMe. Uh, the link is on my Instagram. It's on my Facebook. Uh, I need to put it on the website. I'll get that done today. Um, but if you just go to GoFundMe, it's Bikes or Death. Pretty easy to find. And I appreciate everybody who's already kicked in. I started that yesterday and I already have people throwing in money. So I appreciate that. I'm looking to try to get this funded as soon as possible before someone else buys this van. So please don't delay. Let your conscience lead the way to go fund me and help bikes or death get a sweet ass van. Uh, and, but for y'all, you know, what is the benefit for you? Well, when I have this van, what I'd like to do is do more traveling and do more interviews on location. So I just got back from the bike packing summit, which was awesome. Got to interview a lot of really neat people there. I'm headed to, uh, Patagonia, Arizona, uh, the spirit world 100 race is going on and they've asked me to come in and cover that event. So I'm going there. And then I know of some other opportunities that I can't announce yet that are going to be coming up in the future. Um, so, 
what I'm envisioning is me going all over the country, interviewing people and meeting people. Hopefully a lot of listeners, I'll be able to engage and interact with y'all on a personal level. Um, if I'm more out and about and more accessible. So yeah, I'm really looking to hopefully do like some meetups or, um, just kind of like, Hey, I'm going to be here, come and hang out. Let's go ride bikes. Let's drink a beer. Let's hang out and tell lies, whatever. Right. So, um, all right. Well, that's it. That's my sales pitch for van life. Uh, go, go to GoFundMe and donate if you can, if you think it's a rad idea and you want to help that become a reality. Um, this is normally a part of the show. If you're listening to other podcasts where you're listening to advertisements, um, you don't have advertisement here, but you do have me uh, asking for money. So please support Bikes for Death. It means a lot. Also, lastly, the only thing I will ask is that if you can go over to iTunes and leave a five-star review, uh, it is very helpful and very appreciated. Now, let's get to the show, and we're going to hear Miles Arbor's intro song that he created and performed on his episode. If you missed that, I highly recommend you go check it out. Uh, but you're about to hear a song, so we're going to lead the show and close the show with Miles Arbor and his version of the Bikes for Death intro song. You load up your bike, you ride away from home. You could be with your friends or you could be alone. You ride for a day or maybe more. You just love being in the great outdoors. Everything you need is strapped to your bars, including that new pillow you got from Santa Claus. And then you think, oh shit to yourself. You left that super lightweight tent on the living room shelf. Bikes. Or death. Bikes. Or death. Podcast. So right now we're at Wilbur Gap in North Georgia. Uh, Bikepacking Summit. And third annual Bikepacking Summit. Yeah. Um, I was fortunate to be part of the second one. And Neil and Lindsay invited me back uh, this year. So, so yeah. And what are you presenting on? So, I will be talking about alcohol stoves. And um, if the cards are aligned, everyone will be making one. What, so, what would cause them not to make one? Uh, you know, bad instruction? Or? Uh, yeah. Well, this is my first time doing like a group build like this. Uh, okay. And, um, so we'll see how it goes. I'm, I mean, I don't know if people are going to be into it or what. Yeah. But um, Oh, I think they're going to be really into it. I hope so. But I mean, it's also... This is like being a kid 101, you know? Like someone's going to teach you how to make this cool thing that makes fire out of a can. They're toys. They're toys. They're yeah. toys, yeah. So, so last year, uh, I gave a talk on fabrics. And it was a pretty, I want to say technical, but it was a lot of like information on yeah. fabrics. No, you went nerdy in front of a bunch of people yeah, about fabrics. Right. I mean, we're talking about like UV damage. We're talking about like <laughs> like zipper forces, like yeah. you know, before and after use, and um, which is something that I talked about on the first podcast. Is oh, that's right. Damn good, resourceful information on your website. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like in a in a lecture kind of right. And I I try to spice it with like context. I don't know if I told you this. I'm not trying to dog your presentation. No, I'm no. just you know what I'm saying. But you know, we we talked about like the the foot per mile for like the the triple crown, all those three races, how they compared. Okay. Um, the percent completion rate for all those three races, mm. and so I mean, I was giving context for why do people pack like uh, wait? Yeah, and, context is good. Yeah. Um, but but I think the whole feedback on that whole weekend was like it'd be nice to actually get out of your seat and do stuff, get your hands on. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, certainly, um, like today we, we got a chance, um, 
to ride to one of the talks. Right. And, uh, you know, just get moving. You know, we're yeah, we're here. We're so is that is that new for correct. the way that they're doing this summit? Yeah, well, I don't know how they did the first year, but it sounded like the first year was also very similar to the second, where they'd had, you know, one venue and they kind of hung out there. Yeah. Um, but in tons of space out here, uh, lots of gravel, uh, really great single track to, to connect yeah. and explore. So this is actually like in your backyard, so to speak. Yeah. I honestly, man, it's, it's such a beautiful and amazing resource to have. Like it's a home away from home. That's not like a, <laughs> like a, some cheesy saying. It really is. Like you come here and you know, for me, it's a short drive. It's three hours yeah. from Asheville. Um, and branch just fell on a cabin. <laughs> We're fine. So Kate and Andrew, like they really take care of you. Whether, oh, they're whether they just met awesome. you or you've been going for years. Yeah, I'm gonna interview them. I'm super excited. Excellent. Yeah, they're excellent. They're, yeah. Yeah, this is like a bike packing and they're trying to make it like bike packing oasis. They have cabins, they have camping, uh, they got showers. I mean it's they, they cook you fucking food. And that's the the food. The man. food. The food. It's it's like you think about the best support race you ever did. All right, ten x ten x that, and Magnif- then magnitude. Yeah. yeah, it's great. It is grandma cooking in the kitchen. No shit. Yeah, legit for real. Yeah, and it's good. And they so they and they're bike packers. They they know what you need. Yeah, you know, like it's it's not they're not right. Yeah. The people running it are cyclists and bike packers. Yeah, that, I'm I'm glad you brought that up, man. But it's a it's crazy because when I was driving here for the first time, what it, what's the name of the national forest we're in? Uh, Cahada. Uh I'm like, where am I going? Because I am in a national forest right now and I'm going to private property. So they just have this amazing inholding in the ne- center of this national forest. So you're surrounded by national forest. There's no one else out here. Right. It's just us and a bunch of bike nerds and yeah. cool people and deer and, and food and mountains. Uh, yeah. Rivers. We're sitting outside and we are just now feeling like the first tickles of fall it's about time yeah yeah it was like it's crazy because yesterday at this time it was hot and humid mm-hmm. and it's very nice right now yeah no yeah. well anyway all right this is actually a really special episode and i'm super excited about it. it's just funny how like the universe works out sometimes you know because uh i i, I mean everybody probably knows but i started the podcast by reaching out to you and that's how this whole thing kicked off. And it was like this same time period last year. So I'm going to release like, this to the week to the week. Yeah. I'm going to release this like on the anniversary. And it's just, I don't know. It's, dude, I mean, I owe you so much. Like if you had said no, like I probably would have got an interview, but I don't know who it would like. It would have like altered my, I don't know. It, you know, it definitely would have been you, different. You would have got here. Um, <laughs> Trust me, without without, <laughs> without interview, absolutely. Well, and I was just, honestly, congrats on the the success. I mean, I could, you know, this is obviously a passionate thing that you really care about, and you can tell yeah. like, every episode is dialed. It's like oh. you put a lot of thought and energy into it. Thank you. And so you deserve all the success and growth that you had. You make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I mean, it's 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 been fun, but it all started with you. So I'm. And that's super cool to be a part of, yeah. Dude, I mean, that, yeah. that forever. That's how it started. Yeah. I mean, and, and I'm back here a year later. It's just perfect. Like, I'm in, I'm in a really happy place right now, you know? Yeah. It's fun. We got to catch up. It's been a year. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think, so now, I think right when we last talked, I was getting ready um, to kind of promote their rental program. And uh, so now we're a year, just over a year into that. 
and starting to think about has that worked or not. Yeah. And uh, I was looking at some of the numbers and what do, what do I want to take it next year and the year after that? Because um, I think that has some real value to to um, certainly beginner bike packers um, and growing the sport. I think that's like kind of a unique thing that I think more companies should be doing. Right. Um, but it is hard. So since the last episode, has anyone else started doing rental bag programs? Because you actually put that out there and you're like, hopefully other companies will do yeah, this too. <laughs> man, I don't know. I'm, I used to do a lot better job of keeping in touch with other right. companies, but I kind of fell off with, with staying in touch with them and, well, but that's interesting. Nothing I know of, but yeah. if if I'm wrong, you know, please correct me. Yeah. I have an interesting thought on that. So yeah, and I don't know if you feel this way at all. It might just be a time thing, but like I've intentionally like kind of like not listen to other podcasts about cycling and what's you know. It's mm-hmm. like I'm trying to like stay in my own space and stay in my own lane and not yeah. be influenced. So like, I, I was there. Is there any element of that, or is it Def- just no, like, no? Definitely okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like yeah, I mean. You have plans, you have goals, and distractions are, you know, that that's the thing, is minimizing them. And mm. if you're on Instagram and Facebook and, you know, just kind of getting down, the other companies are, are doing new stuff or they have new products out and uh, and how, how that relates to what you've been doing. And that's, 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 that's a toxic way, I think, to go about, right. um, you know, progress. Oh, yeah. You know, and, it's, you know, certainly it's nice to catch up with people, but not in a sense of, like, one-upping each other you know it's just you know giving each other encouragement um so yeah i think that's a that's a big part i mean we're all small companies right yeah um yeah i mean jay richie's up there yeah. i just met him for the first time well there's yeah there's a lot of brands here that yeah. sell shit <laughs> right that's true yeah um so yeah but i don't know i hope people do um um kind of kind of take that somewhere um you know, maybe so. Like, there's the small companies. I always feel like I give like a, a craft beer analogy. Okay. Uh, like the smaller bike packing companies are the craft beer equivalent, and like right. the bigger bike packing companies are like the Budweiser, Coors Light. <laughs> yeah. And so, if we can convince people to start drinking craft beer, that's a win for all of us. All right, I'm down with that. You know. And so I'm like, so a smaller company uh, takes off and that's great for everybody who's kind of in that world. Yeah. It's one of those things, one does good, then we all do good. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And just even the awareness of, of smaller makers, because I think there's some stigma about like the size of a company relating to its quality. Hmm. And in some, in some cases you might say, okay, the smaller company, the the lower the quality. Hmm. Um, And I think that's obviously not true for everybody. Yeah, I don't I don't have that same feeling. I'm wondering why you have that perception. Is that based on feedback that you Yeah, I think so. I mean, or maybe, I, maybe it's just me being that, that's my thought on it, but well, I mean, I re, you know, I most people know I reached out, I I ordered your bags and used your product before I ever interviewed you. Yeah. And like I I mean, it was you know, I sought out a person who I thought would make a good bag, like But how do you know that though? That's the thing. Like you really it's hard to understand. You know, I mean, I'll say it again, like your website is really good. You know, for me, uh, if you go and like look through all of the detail that you've put into it, it's it's pretty impressive, you know? Uh, and then I think your marketing and just the look and everything just appealed to me. Obviously, I mean, there's always an element of that. Yeah, right. You know, right. Um, but I didn't know this at the time, but, um, you know, what y'all are doing with the sub 24 hour routes, mm. like, 
dude, that's fucking cool. You know, like that's just a gift to the community. Yeah. And the, the rental program is kind of like a gift to the community. You are not making money no, on, zero. A, on a rental yeah. program. Let's be honest. Like no. you are only doing that because you want people to come and ride in Pisgah. I, I think, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but well, I, well, yeah. I know a little bit of the story. Absolutely. I mean, so I, we had 50 people over the course of the year rent stuff, about 50 people. Yeah. And almost all of them were beginners. And so these are people who who would either identify as like they're just starting out or never been before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what you said with the, the sub 24 hour routes, I mean, we started doing those and I think those really helped people. Now they had somewhere to go. So they had, and they were talking to the same person. They're talking to me who has, who's wrote, written this route. I'm telling them to go on and giving them bags. I, you know, I personally made, so they have kind of, you know, the means and the destination yeah, tied together. Yeah. It's so all in one. I mean, fucking awesome i don't like you said i don't know anyone else that's doing that but that's the way it should be like you should be able to just go into a town if there's a bag maker you go in your like bike shop ideally yeah Yeah. and there's some rental bags there and they'll strap them up on a bike and there you go yeah i mean anyway i i get it and and definitely shout out to to logan um and and bikepacking.com with what they're they just like last week with the with the um the single overnighter um kind of call to action to the whole the whole world, really. I mean, yeah. they're they're looking to spread that everywhere. I thought of you whenever I saw that. I was like, "Shit, <laughs> I know who started that one." Well, no, I mean, <laughs> the thing is, I, well, the, the the truth is, I know Logan's been working on his for a long time too. Absolutely, and, and he's the bike pack and com has done tons of these sub twenty four hour routes. Oh yeah, um, I mean, like, there's a lot of them. They yeah. already had a sub twenty four hour category, right? And I I don't even know if that's true, but I think they coined that term as well oh yeah yeah so uh, no i mean i'm just talking shit <laughs> but, but it's, I mean, that's just what I that's do. like and I, I hope you get i hope you convince him to, to sit down with you and no he, he's going to okay yeah yeah he's he i mean he he is going to well one thing i wanted to uh mention was uh do you remember what ultra romance ronnie romancer said about routes no today? but what part routes are the most important part of bikepacking I don't know if I 100% agree with that, but we were you were just talking about your routes. Yeah. But, uh, I, I can kind of see where he's coming from with ha- how accessible that makes it. I mean, you're just really making it easy. You're and, just like, here, download this in your phone. Here's a bike. Here's a bag. You're right. a bike packer. And it doesn't get any easier than that. I think the, the rental program substantiates that because it didn't really take off until we had the routes finished. Mm. We, we did the rental program first and then you know it was you know okay yeah and then it didn't actually people didn't start coming in until they had places to go oh that's interesting yeah so as the routes develop the hope would be that more people come and rent bags and just come chill, exactly hang out in the area and whatnot yeah for the routes i mean we have obviously north carolina we have a good handful that are out, they're great um and we're trying to expand that um just on the east coast um, it gives me a chance to ride, and that's like <laughs> huge, right? The tax um, write off now. Oh yeah, right. If I if I if I fly home to see my parents in New York, it's like yeah. all right, I got a bike there, dude. I have a podcast. What do you think I'm oh, doing? Oh yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, so we we want to get it, uh, you know, to to all the states on the East Coast, yeah, uh, and and certainly because I feel like in some ways, not all the ways, but in some ways, the East Coast is underrepresented in terms of bike packing companies right you know if you look at the heat map of all the bad companies you know they're they're all rocky mountains or mm. west coast not interesting I mean, do you think you face different challenges like 
like would you make your bag differently based on the environment you think it's being ridden in no because we 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 ship all over the world right so it has to be i just did the numbers last week so we're getting ready to do another grant pitch uh, okay next week um, we can talk about that later, but I was doing some numbers on our finances, and uh, 16% of our sales are international, yeah. which is, for our side of the company, like, that's pretty big. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, 14% are North Carolina, and then, oh, wow. then the rest are just, you know. That's it. I would have expected North Carolina to be more, actually. Right. Were you surprised by that? Uh, well, no, because when I started, uh, you know, a year ago, it was like under 10% was North Carolina. Okay. Because it was all the, it was just a website. Like I didn't have like Asheville didn't I, that didn't exist for me okay. yet. I got gotcha. you. You know, so I never had like a home base, and I just had the website. Mm-hmm. And you know, of course, that's just random. Any, yeah, anyone can have a website. Yeah, it's the internet <laughs> connection, and then next, you know, a few weeks later, you had a kit. <laughs> so uh, the beginning of rock guys. Yeah. Yeah, but 16% outside, like internationally, I love to look at my numbers specifically internationally. It's fascinating to get messages from all over the world from people who are, uh, yeah, I mean, using yeah. your bags or listening to your show or yeah. whatever it is. It's, I love, I just, this, the community in this world is shrinking. Yeah, absolutely. I feel so good, you know. And uh, we're getting our photo fit instructions translated. To, oh. to like major languages yeah. Yeah. um it's it's not hard to do um but there are some very key points we really want done right <laughs> and having it in your native language is super helpful yeah um a lot of people are know english enough to navigate product selection and they, right. they can purchase stuff right you know but getting that photo like really trying to get that streamlined yeah and so so if we're talking about numbers and fun statistics that you're a scientist yeah. So it's been a year since the last time we sat down. Like in the last year, what is the most exciting thing that happened to your company or that, you know? Yeah. Uh, last year, I didn't know if I wanted to to try to scale. Like I didn't know if it was ever going to be just me and one other person making custom gear. Okay. Or if I was going to have, and I say scale, it's like relative. Like do I want to have like five people? helping make custom gear and i want to be able to pay them a good amount of money for what they're doing yeah and so uh, i have made that decision that i do want to try to grow and so that's i think that commitment is is the first step before you can actually obviously grow yeah and then the second part i mean just solving the problem that that's it's hard but as long as you're committed to it you know i think um it's it's going to either get solved or not and so we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, this is what we were talking about earlier. I, I was telling him that I love the way uh, he looks at his business. Uh, as He looks at it from a scientist perspective. And this is something that I realized by re-listening to the, you know, like when I'm editing, I'm just editing. Like right. I just want it to sound good. You but do, I, yeah, you're doing work. I'm working. Uh, yeah. But, you know, after time, I'll go back and like listen to him, like for real. But a time, a time will pass, you know, and then it's kind of like new again, you know. But anyway, so whenever I listen to it back, I'm like, this guy is approaching his business like as a scientist and very seriously. Like you look at it and like, this is a problem and I'm going to figure out the most effective, efficient, you know, use of my time, the best material, the most streamlined process, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's challenging because it's custom gear and every, the biggest criticism I get on this company is you can't scale custom gear i can't tell you how many times i've heard that 
And I, it's, it's a legitimate point. I mean, there's a point behind that. I'm not saying that that's true. Um, we're trying to do it. Okay. Well play the devil's advocate because I mean, not being a bag maker, no one's ever told me that before. So yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah. Me as just like a business person and an entrepreneur, if someone says you can't scale this, I think of McDonald's or something. It's like yeah. anything could be scaled if you do it the right way or figure out the right anyway. But yeah. So what's the what's the devil's advocate here? Well, I, I, at least I put it in context. So it's yeah. like, you know, mass production is, is kind of if you're a product and you can um, not keep that custom, um, you can. Um, you know, I guess you just make as much as you can produce, right? Right. And so if you want to change every single product based on, like, like the bike, um, it's going to put limitations, obviously, on, like, what you can batch cut. And, you know, can you contract out to this company? You have one MI that makes this one product. But if you're making custom frame bags, that one MI has to be flexible to deal with that custom part to it. And so, you know, you think about companies that are scaling, like, you know, we'll use Revelate, for example, you know, they have discrete sizes and, you know, certain um, frame bags are just, that's it. And if it doesn't fit, it's not their fault. <laughs> it's like almost like the customer's fault for not selecting the right size. Right. You well, know, you or, didn't measure your bike correctly, yeah. sir. And so with custom, I am responsible for that fit. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a big difference. And okay. that, that can be just, tough to do. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, my thought is like, if it takes, I don't, I don't know what the numbers are. It takes one person can make a custom bag a day, whatever it is. Then, and you just get more orders. If you want to scale, you just order, you just uh, hire more people, right? I mean. Throwing people at problems is dangerous. <laughs> Interesting. That is a dangerous uh, approach. To I, that. I think I know what your answer is, but. Why? Well, it's all, I think, I mean, this is just my take. Yeah. I'm not saying this is the right way to do it, but um, it, it's the systems that, are, that these people are working in. And so, I mean, are they working in the most efficient system? Yeah. Do you want to, if you want to get more out of, out of employees and you want to get more um, production, if you want that ceiling to increase, it's not just about putting more people on the floor. You know, it's like, how do you accommodate a more efficient process from what you need and what you value as a bike packer into how we build that product. And uh, systems are definitely the way to scale. Mm. You know, I remember you talking about this last time. Yeah. And, and, and now <laughs> I've been like really kind of like really driving this point home to myself and really trying to understand what's going to work and what hasn't. Because I think I've done it long enough where I can understand what's failed and where, you know, what might have success. But if you look at all these bikepacking companies that do custom work, none of them are big, you know, and big in the sense that like they can, you know, take market share from like Revelate or Apodura. Right. And so it hasn't been really done, I guess, in the sense of a scaling. Hmm. Yeah. Again, this is and the way you're, you're like, I'm just like more people. And you're like, nope, that's wrong. Do, 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 do. <laughs> this is why you're wrong. I'm like, okay, that but, makes but sense. Certainly, but can, can you give me an example? All right, no, go ahead. You have to invest in people at some point. I oh, mean, yeah. Absolutely. People, I mean, that is one part of it. Like, there's an element that you cannot overlook, right? No right. matter how efficient your systems are, you can't, you can't grow with, you know, just a no, That's not what people. I took away from what you're saying. I understand. Okay, yeah. I mean, you're talking about developing a smart and intelligent streamlined process, a system to complete a task. 
Correct. And people yeah. are going to be needed to do that. But with a good intelligent system, uh, you minimize the the potential for failure. Maybe. Did I get close? Yeah. Yeah. But I do teach. <laughs> <laughs> but if there's the thing, like I don't know the answers, right? Because there's like yeah. this. It's, well, that was I was going to ask you. I mean, are do you feel like you're close to kind of? Are you? Are you? Is that what's molding around in your mind all the time? Is figuring out this system. Yeah, it's 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 a never-ending like Rubik's cube and there's certainly companies that you can study and like learn from like um Ovea Negra, I think they've done a great job with how they've scaled. You know, they I mean if you kind of look back at the history of that company, even like and I'm I don't know any intimate, you know, details of how they operate or anything, but yeah. you know, just from an outsider's perspective, it's amazing to see what they have accomplished. And and how they kind of treat their business and how they kind of operate, um, you know, we're in a new industry, you know, it, I, you know, last ten years of the soft bag kind of, mm. you know, back when Revelate and a few others started, and so it hasn't been this long history we can draw upon, you know, for companies to pop up and and learn from. Yeah, it it seems to me like you enjoy this. Do you enjoy the process of figuring this out? Like it. Yeah, I mean, it's tough though. I mean, it's tough to always like you're wrong a lot of the times, <laughs> you know. So it's it's tough to to be positive, you know. And, and is there a part of you that like? Do you think if you weren't doing this, like you would just have some other puzzle you'd be figuring out? Like, do you feel like your mind needs to be doing that? In in some ways, but I think that's um, it, it could be just you know, absolutely. I mean, challenges in any any form, whether physical or mental or you know, with business, but. Um, you know, I think for sure for me, my last job, I, it, it was, um, it was certainly challenging, but I was kind of looking for a more personal challenge, I guess. Um, but you can talk to anybody. I mean, you know, going through life, kind of just waking up and doing stuff. I mean, it's, it's boring, right? Like, well, yeah. you gotta like have, have something to kind of work for. Yeah. Day, you yeah. need to work on that. <laughs> well, I always think, I thought you were going to say, uh, ride your bike. <laughs> I was, yeah. I was like, exactly. Yeah. That's what you need to work on. But uh, I so uh, yeah. I want to get I want to get out on the bike a lot more, a lot more. And but you're also depending on that business. Like it's not a game. No, it's not. I mean, it this is, is your not. job. This is your reality. You yeah. have to grow. I mean, it's just it is. But it is. I think that's why I was so excited about the S24 routes that we're doing because it's like it's part of the growth and I get to ride my bike. Yeah, it's like that's the thing. So how often are you doing that then? Uh, well, so recently I was like. We we did about you were dropping them hot yeah because we had the great it was a great summer and it's just finding the time to do it and you know one night like you you can usually squeeze out just you know like a one night trip yeah. is um, that what you tell yourself yeah come on Greg you can <laughs> exactly right yeah and you know I had them queued up I had I'm fortunate to have a bunch of people give me some great routes that they're that they're that they know of that they've done. Yeah. And so all I do is just pack the camera and go ride it. Is that how it's getting done? The community's like just giving, they know what you're doing. And, and yeah, I, I'm, I just started soliciting them. So, um, yeah, I got to put it out there now. Like if you yeah. have a route that you're looking to, um, to share with people, um, I'll exchange a, a frame bag for it. Ooh. So I think I'm, that's a really good deal. Yeah. But the thing is, it's like, you know, it's gotta be a legit route. Like, well, in some ways, yes, but in some ways, no. I mean, like, if you if it's great, like, dog packing route, or if it's great, you know, bring your kids on. That's, yeah. You know, but, like, you know, certainly, yeah. But what I'm saying is, you don't want people going on Google Maps no. and, like, do, 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 do. Hey, no. send that one to Greg. No, no right. like, you want someone to, like, send you a good, yeah, genuine. Kind of, yeah. Be genuine about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I, en- I really enjoy it because it's like, 
there's so much great riding on the East Coast, and we have the population is so dense here, and there's so many different segments like national forests on the East Coast. Or mm. that's a lot of our, our public land. Yeah, and um, they're all different. There's really cool stuff in each one, and they're all within like four or five hours of driving from somewhere, like some big cities. Uh, certainly, you know, like Virginia. Uh, they have tons of public land in Virginia and, and North Carolina and, yeah. and Georgia and Vermont. Uh, we did one in Vermont, which I was super stoked about. How many do you have right now? We had eight. That's pretty good. Yeah. So eight, but four came in like a month. That's true. But we did uh roll call was your first yeah. one, right? And then there was, then the winter happened. <laughs> so that was, that and was, then the winter happened. That was, yeah. <laughs> and it gets cold in Nashville. I mean, but that was, uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, just remembering back, like, uh, I left a wedding uh, to come to that. Like yeah, we had gone yeah. up there for a wedding and then I reached out to you and um, I convinced, like I actually didn't even ask my wife. This is how cool. I'll, I'll sometimes I've said something bad about my wife before on the podcast. So I'll make up for it real quick. There you go. <laughs> uh, nothing real. I don't even remember what I said, but um, anyway, like I just was like, dude, it was really nice. Like when I, when I walked away from that interview, like I was on cloud nine, you know, like I, I would, got the ball rolling. It I, was well, yeah. I fe- like I felt like it went well. Like I don't. I was like I don't know if I knocked out of the park or anything, but I was like I didn't fuck up. You know, I yeah. knew there was something good there. You know, yeah. Um, and so of course I called my wife. I'm like, yeah, it was great. He was great, super nice, easy to talk to. Oh yeah, he invited. It was really nice. He invited me on this trip, and uh, but I was like, bummer, darn that wedding. <laughs> and it was it was one of her friends, you know, and uh, she. She was like, oh, you can go. So, um, yeah, she just offered to let me go. And so I had to dip out of the way. But it was like, fun, though. I mean, those things are fun. Especially you get, a, like, a group of people. Yeah. You know, and, that was a great... And, and that that I think it's like, you don't have to know them, like, all that well, really. I mean, a lot of the communications with bikepacking especially, it's, like, some forum somewhere, you yeah. know, or on Instagram. And, um, you know, someone, like, people come to my shop, and they're, like, from Rhode Island. This happened last week. Cause, like, I'm from Rhode Island. I got this route, um you know, if you're ever in the area, you know, we should ride it. It's like, cool. You know, like that, that's awesome. And it's like, it's just for one night. So like how much, it's great, you know, um, you meet these people, but if you don't, let's say you don't get along, it's just a night. It's like, whatever. Anybody can do a night. Yeah, right. <laughs> if you can't, you can get on your bike and ride it away, I guess. Yeah. But no, I mean, well, the truth is like, I keep saying this, but I haven't met anyone like, it, that's like really bikepacking centric like into it for the right reasons uh that isn't just like really cool and down Absol- right absolutely like yeah i mean we're here surrounded by 50 i think there's like 60 people here yeah like i've seen a few beginners but um mm-hmm. seems like most people are pr- fairly experienced uh yeah cyclists and bikepackers but yeah. anyway the point is is like everyone's super and that's cool because you can learn a lot from them because they're experiencing ways that you know you're not or i'm not you know and you know we might consider ourselves experienced, but you know, in certain, yeah. In, in certain in that thing. Yeah. yeah. You're experienced in that. Right. But there's a lot of other things out there. Yeah. And that's why like, these are so cool to be part of. You get to see that. I mean, there's a lot of people from all over the world here. Dude, did you cry when Joe gave his presentation yeah, so, this morning? Well, okay. So you hear, you heard from my uh, two truths and a lie. I'm kind of, <laughs> kind of emotional sometimes, <laughs> but yeah, man, I was tearing up. Sure. I was too. I'm yeah. not a crier, but dude, that guy speaks with passion. He speaks well and intentionally. Yeah. And like, and he's also just like, I don't know. He's powerful. He's very deliberate with his words and very articulate. 
Um, Joe Cruz pedaling. I think that's his uh, yeah. Instagram handle. But yeah. If you haven't heard of him, definitely check him out. And my girlfriend's here, and I'm so glad she got to see that presentation because I can't really articulate the way he right. does. But I'm trying to explain to her like where I'm going, what I'm doing. I, it just falls flat. It doesn't. It doesn't ring like the way Joe presented it because he was talking with tears right behind his eyes. Like I talked to him about it, and I mean it was right here. Yeah. His his emotions were right at the surface. He never got all the way there, but it was that that intensity and that feeling was there. Oh man, and you could feel it. Yeah. Oh god, everyone so, felt it. I was. I mean, people were crying, and yeah, but not. Yeah, not like I don't know. You just had to be there. That's what I'm going to say. That was a once in a lifetime. It's so cool to see these people that really kind of like push that limit of like the bikepacking experience. Mm, yeah. Um, and then everybody's on that spectrum and they, they can relate to it. Even if it hasn't been like a, like a transformative experience, like he was describing and, and sharing with us. Um, but we, we see elements, you know, in these shorter trips, you know, or, Absolutely. Yeah. And even like a route. Like That's why we get emotional. We are connecting. Yeah, you can we t- can't. Yeah. You totally connect with that. Yeah. And so and so to have Julie see that, that was that was really cool. I was I was happy that So what was her takeaway? Equally blown away. I think I think she finally understood like why I never show up on time for these routes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm always finishing like a day later or something. Yeah. You're just happy, man. It's hard. I, I climbed a mountain a mountain in West Virginia by myself, just a, a kind of a small one, but yeah. I got up there and I, it took everything I had to come back down that mountain. Right. This is nice. <laughs> it's really nice. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's really hard to describe to people who who aren't yeah. also doing it. And, and yeah, that's a good point. Like Joe, I mean, I could easily relate to him, but someone that wasn't even a bike packer or an outdoor enthusiast uh, would have been moved by what he was expressing. She teared up for sure. Yeah. 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 So you just said a word transformative. Yeah. That reminded me. <laughs> you said transformative. Uh, in I know our, where you're going with this. Yeah. yeah. And I never, I never followed up. So in the first one, you said you had a transformative experience. That, and yeah. I, don't even, I don't even remember. Like, honestly, I'm just, that just cued in. But it was like, that led you to do Rock Geist or led you to That's do That's right. I think, so we were talking about the, in the context of how I started the company and how, or how I got into bikepacking maybe. Right, right, right. Something like that. Was, yeah, probably how I got into bikepacking. But yeah, I mean, I, I think it was, a, it was an experience that changed the way I behaved. I think, I think for me, that's the definition of a transformative experience. Yeah. Um, but I, I think mean, that's a literal definition. <laughs> well, but yeah, it also, but I think the, 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 the key thing there is that um, it's not just in the moment you feel different or you feel like the sense of wonder but when you get back from the trip you behave differently because of that like you carry like you do different things because of that experience well into the future yeah and that's what really makes it transformative right and that's literally yeah yeah so So, what was that experience um i was in grad school and i I've always wanted to travel and, and I, like, I wanted to study abroad uh, really bad undergrad, um, but I played soccer and so I didn't have any time. And so um, when I got to grad school, I was like, all right, I made a decision. Like I got to get out of the U.S. And, and, and see some things. And so uh, I was at a conference and this was in Switzerland and it was like a three-day conference and then I was going to fly home like 10 days later. And so I had 10 days to kind of do what I wanted to. And the conference was already in the mountains. And so um, it was an opportunity for me to just kind of get out and explore. 
and I was super naive, like mm. super naive. I'm 24, 25 at this point. Yeah. And like, I'm, I was still working out and I was kind of fit. I was like, all right, I'm just going to rent a bike and bike over to um, the Matterhorn, you know, this iconic mountain in Switzerland. Yeah. Um, but I was really far away. <laughs> and um, there's an Alpine route um, that I got on from the conference. And uh, it kind of snakes up, up and over the Alps. I think there was three summits, three mountain passes before you drop into Zermatt, like the small town at the base of the mountain. Uh, of 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 the Matterhorn, um, and that's what I did. And I I didn't really understand the concept of, of of like heavy loads and biking with a big backpack. I had no bike bags. I just bought one of those weird long bottles that like it's like a two and a half liter bottle. Yeah, with water. <laughs> yeah, but uh, taped it to the frame, and um, and then had like an Osprey forty five liter backpack. Um, I had my laptop in the back of you know in the backpack yeah um like my wool suit like my dress suit um i had a like a steel bike lock in there because i was like paranoid if someone steal my bike and i don't know oh my gosh yeah i mean that's a legitimate fear but your bike lock you used on the route we did was way better <laughs> oh yeah i need to get one of those by the way but continue those your story are, those are slick uh so yeah so this is like this naive experience i'm like just I don't know what to expect. I've never been, you know, I, I don't speak the language out there. And, um, you know, just kind of navigating the mountains. And I got to a point, I mean, I'm, it, was, it was in June, and I'm, these mountains are tall. Right? I didn't understand the kinds of meters and feet, <laughs> yeah. you know, how that related. Like, <laughs> So I'm pushing my bike up and over these snowy passes, and it's the kind of thing where, um, you know, you, you're post-holing through the snow. And oh, my yeah. backpack was so heavy that I had to hike the backpack up and then drop it and hike back down and then get the bike and hike that up. Oh. And I couldn't do both at the same time. You know, I was just exhausted. Yeah. Unfortunately, daylight at that time of year is like, well, like 11.30 p.m. It's, it, it's sunsets or something. It's, so I had tons of daylight. But then at like 2 in the, two in the morning, I still, I'm way off, like, I can't find the route because of the snow. Um, I, my batteries, they're like the alkaline batteries. They just died. Yeah. And my, so that's my GPS. Okay. It's like, well, I'd had... You know, I don't like you're getting kind of dire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't. I don't think I. Ha- I think I had a paper map. I don't know how to read it. I mean, it was like I was useless up there. At this point, how far were you away from where you came from? I didn't or where know. You're going. You I didn't. didn't know. I, know. I mean, I. I didn't know. Yeah. You know, I yeah. didn't know. Like, because I'm, I'm at the summit now. It's like you know, maybe one in the morning at the summit. I don't know what direction to hike off the mountain. Yeah. Um, and I'm hiking, you know, there's snow still up there. Um, and so I, I don't know. I think, I think I got the GPS to, to I figured out, I guess, where, where to descend. And I made it, you know, just, you know, at like the tree line now. And I just slept like under a rock and I, like, I was just like wearing my suit from the conference. I was so cold. Holy I, shit. I had no you didn't cl- have a tent? No, I had no tent. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm laughing. <laughs> That's not funny, actually. That's actually I thought, scary. I thought I was just going to ride up and over and drop in the town and get like, a... Get on your laptop and drink a latte. Yeah, send some emails and... <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Holy shit. So I, right. And I just had a bit... I had, like, a bib and, you know, um, like, a light rain jacket. And then... So I was, like, you know, obviously freezing. Um, wow. It's, like, middle of night. Um, fortunately, it didn't rain on me. Um, but, yeah, so I'm wearing my wool suit. Um, I think I even turned my computer on to get warm from the battery. Uh, I did have a stove, um, so I was just drinking hot 
snow. I just melt snow and that's cool. Yeah, just drink that's, the hot water. That's great, yeah. Uh, and you know, I would fall asleep. You know, I was like drinking scalding water down my throat. And <laughs> uh, but it was a gorgeous night. I mean, I knew I wasn't gonna like die. Okay. Yeah, you know, it was just a very uncomfortable night. Right. Um, and the next morning, I just had this amazing sailing track in, into the town. Um, and nothing was open yet because it was like pretty early and this lady's looked at like took one look at me and she she owned a cafe she's got like, getting ready to open the cafe mm-hmm. um and she just that like, called me in uh, we couldn't communicate uh, other than like hand signals <laughs> um but you know she made me a breakfast and a lunch and i yeah I, I took off the next day and i you know just put my head down and, and try my best to get to the next stop uh which is going to be a train and I was going to kind of bail out on the train and take the train in. Yeah. Um, so I finally did. Um, you know, I, I took the train back to, uh, or into Zermatt, got like, on my hostel, uh, and then just slept for like, you know, something like 20 hours straight. It was insane. <laughs> yeah, three months. <laughs> but but that experience was, was <laughs> eye-opening, you know, to say the least. Yeah, um, well, yeah. How did it transform you? I mean, well, it's a dramatic it, experience for yeah, sure. Yeah, well, but... it, it's kind of the way I... I I do think that's it's like the, the the mission of of like our company now is the lightweight functional um gear where you don't have to experience the pain of that that backpack that pain of that backpack really stuck with me it's just like <laughs> manage is I, that true i mean this like sets you on the path to like start making well so that's why i first started sewing oh my gosh this is crazy because i was i you know i had i had time in grad school and then i so then I, I moved um, from, to Germany. I lived in Germany for um, six months, and my lab mate taught me how to sew. She was a mother of two or three, and mm. she sewed her children clothes. And yeah. I was like, everybody does in Germany. Right. Yeah. yeah, so uh, she taught me, and I... I like did, on a sewing machine proper? It wasn't industrial, but... Um, like a, a home sewing machine. Correct. like Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's how that's how I started making stuff. And that's why I was like interested in making things, you know. So I made you know like like hiking stuff. That's how I first started, like backpacks and tarps. Um, but yeah, that's how it kind of got me on the path to like I was like obsessed with Cuban fiber and like people like doing the tour divide on like the minimalist kits ever. And I remember tracking. I was like I used to work you know through the night, um, you know doing like just running machines and. I would have my laptop with, um, I don't know, the track leaders was like just getting going with tracking the, t- the tour divide at that point. Mm-hmm. And so um, we were dot watching um, and just reading blogs about Matthew Lee and what he was doing, oh, you yeah. know, winning those early races. Mm-hmm. And I was just like totally obsessed with the, like his mentality of how he packed, mm-hmm. you know, and then I'm looking at like just, you know, three months earlier on how I packed. How long was it between that trip and when you like found out about bikepacking? Because I know going into that trip, you, I mean, you, you no, were a bikepacker. I had no idea what, I even existed. You were a 24 year old kid that yeah. didn't know what the fuck I mean, you pe- were doing. Yeah, people were doing it. I was just, yeah. whatever. So, how long was that gap between? It was because what, it, like weeks. It happened. Oh, really? Yeah, because I was like, there's got to be a better way to do this, right? Cause, no like, way. I just had the worst experience of my life. Like, how do I make that better? Because, like, the journey was, uh, you know, yeah, I the, guess it's not that crazy, but th- well, what's interesting about that is like you walked away from that kind of negative experience, very negative. Uh, yeah. And you were yeah. like, I think I want to do that again, but I want to have the break oh, I was, here. I was like, I was embarrassed. Honestly, really? I was really embarrassed yeah. at how bad I failed on that. Uh, and I was I like, get that. it just like drove like, I was like, all right, I can't let that be my own experience. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. 
That's interesting. But it, 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 it doesn't get any better. I mean, it takes a while for it to get better. Um, you know, my next few trips after that were, and they're different, different, but they're also equally as like stupid and bad. All right. I'm going to leave that for another time because uh, I just realized that um, if I don't talk to you about some gear stuff that people are going to be like really mad at me, I think. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, we should probably talk about the fact that you actually do make bags and products and stuff. Um, I, I want to start this one off. Though. Okay. So um, if anyone listened to the first one, you'll remember maybe that I mentioned that I, I had bought a uh, bar jam from you and I picked it up when I was there. And I got to use it on, uh, we did on our sub 24 hour that, um, that was the first time I ever used it. And we actually got on some semi gnarly single track for about a mile and a half or two at the end. Um, and it did fantastic, but that was my only like interaction with it. So since then I've like used the fuck out of that thing. And I've been watching it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's legitimately good. And I, I got one better. I'm going to throw this out there. So. I started out with the salsa anything cradle, the one that goes on the front. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I started out with that and I'm just going to tell you the truth. Like Karen and I were just in West Virginia and we were doing an IMBA Epic and she had that on her bike and I had the rock us bar jam on mine. I never once had to adjust my, I mean, this was the rockiest, craziest trail I've ever been. in. I live in Texas. Like it was, it was nuts, but I had to readjust hers four times. And I was putting something into it, you know, and I don't know what it was like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it looks like a, like it would work, you know, and it usually does. But when shit got really tough, like yours, that's I, good. That's I, great to hear. I, and th- this is not a paid ad. Yeah. I'm just like saying, and I'm not bashing salsa. I, I use salsa products. I'm just, that's just exactly what happened. Yeah. You know, so yeah. there's your review. Appreciate it, man. <laughs> I, I love it. Yeah. No, it's, I mean. It's been a popular product, absolutely. It's a goddamn good product. Yeah. It's how much is it? It's like it's it's not that. Oh, I guess compared to anything cradle, I think it's cheaper. But it's, it, it's a lot cheaper. Is it eighty? Yeah, it's. I think it's eighty three for the like the smaller strap size, and then then yeah. or maybe even seventy five. Yeah, well, I think it's seventy five, then eighty three for the large. And if you get both the small and large straps, it's in the nineties. But yeah, it's very. But, I, in pe- my opinion, for that system. That is a really good deal because it's lightweight. It's extremely yeah. easy to use. It, it's it's my favorite bag. Like you know what I'm saying. Like I, all the systems that you put on your bikes and the different things, and everyone's different. So this is just like my thing, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I love that system. And so we have an opportunity to make that in Asheville now. And so I've gotten so much good feedback from it. I think I'm gonna pull the trigger and get that machine at, at home. Are you dropping hot knowledge right now? Yeah, I think. I mean, I. Yeah, that that's been I think the biggest goal that I've been kind of saving up for. Yeah, is to get that machine at home. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, that's another thing that I respect about you is you're you really are all about your community being local, you know. Uh, and I mean, you're building up the community with the bike packing and it, stuff. Like it's not just they've oh, done I'm so much money. for 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 me and my business. It's absolutely yeah. yeah it, I mean, it's communal. That's the way. Like, yeah, you're doing it the way that you want it to be done the way it should be done. Yeah. You know? And it, it's it's fun. It's a lot of fun to work on these projects. Yeah. yeah. All right. See, we're getting off topic again. 
<laughs> I'm not very good at talking about gear. No, I mean, I, <laughs> I but I do. I mean, obviously, I love gear because I can wax poetically about that. But yeah, tell us what I mean. Yeah, what is new or what's going on? Yeah, so the like, new the newest product we we just released this probably about two weeks ago is the Doctor Jones bag. Oh yeah, <gasps> that's fucking cool. Yeah, that 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 was a really fun bag, and I'm really proud of that bag because Aaron did a lot of work on that and this week is Aaron's last week oh. and I was working so hard to get that release while she was still yeah. like working oh that's so cool and so yeah Aaron did a lot of work on that bag and that must have been cool for her to like I know it was pretty well received I yes think. yeah so, yeah uh, it was probably really neat for her to be able to like yeah like she left her stamp definitely oh absolutely and she and she's done so much work behind the scenes mm-hmm. um, where she doesn't really get credit for it. Um, and like, she, cause she has like big brand experience. She worked for Patagonia and, um, diamond brand outfitters. Um, so that was a, a, a lot of insight that I didn't have. Yeah. And, and she kind of, uh, she's been with me about two and a half years. And so now she's off and she has a, a, a government job in Boston. Yeah. So fucking government. I know. I was trying to tell her like bike pack and stuff is way more important than the future of textile and military stuff, but. I don't understand any of those words. <laughs> yeah. Apparently it pays better. I don't know why, whatever. but <laughs> whatever, Aaron. No, I, yeah. So, no, yeah. I mean, so that bag, you know, obviously for the Jones bar, um, and it's a, their H bar or loop H bar. I don't know what the proper name is, but yeah, it, it and, I own one. I'm not sure. Yeah. It's something but like but they have, they have a good, they have a handful of styles of, of that, that bar type. Um, and the bag right now, it, it it's meant for the one that is like the flat. So they have a riser H bar, right? Um, and Which it goes up to like two and a half inches, by the way. No, five. They're, five. Yeah, they have a model at two and a half, and then there's this another model at five. Oh shit! So oh, yeah, okay. It, but so w- that bag came out, and we did a we did a, like a press release, like dispatch on bikepacking.com, and that. Um, drove a lot of sales like because we did made 10 in stock ones and not much but you know those 10 went really quick and then people started ordering like custom colors um but i got a lot of emails asking if we were going to do for the riser h bars because you know they're they're certainly you know if you have a bike that has a slam stem or maybe the steer tube is like really low yeah. the riser h bar is great because you know you're sitting up a little bit um but now you have this kind of weird angle between the inner bar and the outer bar. Yeah, my buddy has the two and a half one, uh, yeah. two and a half inch one. So. so well, so I just bought one of the two and a half ones, okay. and we're gonna uh, we're gonna come out with a version that is specifically made for either the two and a half or the five inch riser. Um, so that is coming, um, and I told all the people that emailed me just to kind of wait, oh. and it'll be a selection feature on I'm, the website. Were you a little surprised by that demand? Yeah, I didn't honestly. Yeah. I didn't know the bar existed. Right. <laughs> it's like, I didn't know until Ryan got one. Uh, Oh, I got the two and a half right. The what? Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm I'm on Instagram. So, somebody, I the, know what's up. The first email came in. I had to Google it. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know anybody was talking about. Well, Ryan's an early adopter, <laughs> and apparently, some a lot of your customers are too. Yeah, that might be the way to go. Are you still rocking the Jones bar? Well, on, Julie is. Yeah, she has it on her bike. I don't okay. have it on mine. All right. Yeah, yeah. Carrie's using one too. But so, but now so I, I I just realized I forgot because we just converted hers to Jones bar. I need to get one of these. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, for real. Like I just talked about how this also <laughs> cradle wasn't working, so I'd like to place oh. an order. Oh, okay. Yeah, man, get that thing out of there. I'm trying. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> oh, but yeah. So now I have it. I have that riser. I'm gonna put that on one of my. I don't know which bike, but I'm gonna put it on one of my bikes. Um, it will make sense if people don't know know what this is. Just you know, Google it. But it, it'll make sense. It'll make sense when you see it. Describe what it's like. 
because it is oh, yeah. can you describe it or is it just kind of funky no i mean it is funky but it's but it's functional that was the goal yeah. is to make it functional cuz we, we thought we looked at all the jones bar bags out on the market right now and they're all seem like they're the same um just you know tiny bag and that little circle right. yeah um and I was like that you can't bike pack with that. that i mean we asked a ton of people that ride those bars and like oh yeah but that's my commuter or you know they don't take it out on like big trips because yeah. um, it's hard to get stuff in it. Um, so what we did was you know we still have that center console like that little circle bag that you drop right in between the two bars. But then we added like the vinyl phone wallet case on top of it, and it's the equivalent of like a, a backpack brain. And so you can you know rise it up depending on how stuffed it is. Mm. And so there's a really generous sill nylon closure underneath it, and you can just pack it up and like just open the brain up, so it sits taller. How I mean, how many inches will it go up? Oh, uh, it, it will go up probably four or five inches. Okay, yeah. it's kind of like I noticed your like handlebar bags are like they'll go like go way up. Yeah, well, we do three sizes of those now. Oh. so that's also something new. We have XL, a large, and a small. You know what size I have on mine that you did? Is it here? Yeah, it's over there. But well, it's this is the... miles right there, and that's the XL. Okay, I think that's what I have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like impressive. It's really cool. Yeah, and, and it, it comes it's, in. It's yeah. tall and narrow, and it's got that non-drive side zipper pocket on the panel. Like a map pocket. Oh right, yeah. I uh, use that all the time. But so, but the cargo net is also kind of like the what makes it funky, right? For the not not the top two bag, but the Jones part bag it has that detachable cargo net. Um, it's meant for like uh, initially for for wet temp bodies and like just wet stuff that can dry out while you ride. Mm. You know, so a lot of people what they do is they'll like bring two pairs of socks and then wash one in a river and then leave them on the front of the handlebars during the day so they dry out. So if you want to do something like that, you know, or even just pack the dry temp body in there, whatever, it's mm. just get it out of the way. Um, you can kind of fit a bunch of random bulky items in that cargo net. I mean, you could do like pots and pans. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you kind of put whatever you want. Bananagrams and whatever. Yeah. But I mean, what kind of capacity? Yeah. I mean, do you have like a liter capacity? It, I think like- it's. Yeah, we usually use the styrofoam to to measure it, but okay. I didn't get a chance to do that yet. Okay, but it's a, I think it's about nine nine liters. Oh wow, that's more than I was thinking. Yeah, that's what my uh, front roll that I always use is a nine liter, and I've yeah, I mean, and it's all in the brain on how like if it's expanded or not. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to take advantage of all the spaces yeah. there, but right, yeah. You just you had to say that for liability reasons. <laughs> <laughs> so what are, are there? I mean, I'm trying to think if there's any other. Well, the Space Link, because you you lost you launched the Space Link after yeah. our interview. It's been about a year now. Yeah. Was it after or was it? I don't know. It's been. I think it's been oh, no. a year. No, no, no. It it was right when. That's right. Because I remember did. at the summit last year, I had like just a few. I had all the pro. I gave them to like just a few people. Yeah. No, we talked about it. I'm remembering now. I finally got one though. That's the thing is, yeah. I finally broke down. Well, I don't know if I broke down, but I finally got around to like ordering one. Uh, and it's it's a product that like I don't like when you explain it to him, I'm like, oh, that's really cool. But then when I got it, I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. You know, like and I, I don't know how you explain it to people like, well, but like it really does like, well, I remember you said it solves two problems. It's for the slam stem. Yep. Right. Uh, where you don't have a lot of space, yeah, and so you you don't have 
a place for your Velcro. Let's see, this is a test. We'll see if I remember. <laughs> uh, we don't have a place for your Velcro, you know, for your uh, top two bag. And then um, it just cleans up your cockpit. So if you have a stem bag on this side, a stem bag on this side, and then you have your top two bag, yeah. and you have all those straps trying to wrap around your stem, it's... and. Yeah, it's just better. It definitely cleans it up, and it also keeps like for your for your top two bag, especially these tall ones, the XLs. The higher you connect those bags to your steer tube, more the more stable. Yeah, and so you can put the space like above or below your stem. If you put it above your stem, it's just higher up on the bag, so it doesn't yeah. flop as much. No, that's another thing. I'm glad you mentioned that. I, a huge like my bags were always like flopped over yeah which is just like an anal thing that like bothered me you know it's amazing some people just like just deal with it and they don't even know it's happening i know I, yeah. but i'm one of the ones that like i look down and it's always a little bit this yeah. way and it just bothered me yeah. you know but this is like super clean and tidy yeah, yeah. that's another good one yeah i mean dude you're, you're rolling out bangers well yeah we, we, we had a good like queue of pipeline stuff that we just got and you know these aren't like yeah, they're they're smaller stuff, you know. Well, I mean, Rome wasn't built in a day or whatever it was. But I remember something else from our first interview. You said, I think, like, you worked three, three and a half years developing the company before you actually, like, went all in on it. Yeah. So, like, my my kind of follow-up to that is, like, is what we're seeing now just, like, everything that you've already kind of thought of? But, like, you know, is it? It is, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. And, you know, all that riding, you know, I used to do a ton of riding before I was full-time. Yeah. And it was just, I, I keep an Excel sheet of just ideas and, and they're all in various stages of, you know, completion. Um, it's it's a pretty, you know, you want to talk about being organized. It's, pre, it's a pretty anal kind of system of, yeah, yeah. of like things that, like getting things out of the pipeline and into reality. That's that's really hard to do. I, I everyone has an idea about some great product. Oh yeah, or some you know. And I got one. I'll tell you about after this. Oh, there you go. I <laughs> will. I'll tell you, man. But anyway, go ahead. But it's so it's the you know the first thing is identifying the problem. That's the biggest thing. So I have a, just a sheet of problems, ah. and you know the solutions they're they come and go as you know they the as you kind of understand the problem. Mm. Um, but yeah, I have a, a sheet of problems. Great way to start looking at something. You start with the problem. Always start with the problem. Yeah. yeah. And I tell you, when every, when anybody says, "Hey, I got a great idea for something," <laughs> think about what 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 problem are they are they having that they need this great idea? And I, honestly, I, I really learned that in my last job because we would work with all these doctors that would have they have these these they would pitch like IP to us. Like mm. you know, we were a medical device company, and they, we would get um, doctors that come in with this this product. And they would try to sell us on like, do you want to buy the IP for this product? Intellectual property. Yeah, intellectual property. Yeah, and so the biggest thing wasn't their solution; it was what problem were they solving, and then let's solve that either together or maybe just we'll solve it by ourselves. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that was like the first time I kind of really understood, like, you know, making products that are useful. Oh, that clicked. Yeah. Yeah. I totally. I mean, it makes total sense. Yeah. All right. So where do you go from there? Well, and that's that's the hard part is getting like like maturing these ideas into like prototypes and and using the prototypes, testing the prototypes, getting feedback, um, build actually building them, um, and then you know we do things on a really small scale. So it's like if we need to like order a really expensive part, like you know it's not out of the realm of possibility because we're not you know we're not trying to squeeze profit margins. We didn't do any retail, right? So you know we we sell direct to the customer, which gives us a good window of I guess a budget 
for the materials and how much time the product takes to build. Uh, but those are kind of the later stage of you know making something like the Jones bar bag. Yeah, um, we really gonna have to optimize how it's made. You know, because it's it's we weren't we don't we never made a like oh uh, yeah like, it's a whole new system right right exactly <laughs> we're so, back to systems <laughs> so to make a bunch of those you know we yeah. made you know with the first batch we made ten and then you know the next batch you know ideally we want to make more and we want to spend less time doing it yeah well therein lies the problem yeah. That's why you're the boss. I don't have to figure these things out. I just have to ask you the questions. Right. Like you just have you to, have to go back and figure this you, shit you out. You just hit the buy button and then I gotta... Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> ding, ding. Ooh, that looks nice. But, yeah. And they always fit good, too. That's a, that's one thing I've noticed, like, not just for myself, but every time someone buys... Well, not every time, but I see a lot of comments about the fit. Like, when you order a custom bag, and people even here, uh, there's a lot of your bags up there, by the way. But these, th this community has been so supportive. Well, it's great like, to see. From I like, I see people. I you know, I come to these races a lot, and I don't, I don't race all of them, but I come and say hi, and you know, just to catch up with people. Yeah. And you know, I'm bringing my dog. I'm just like having fun. Yeah. Um, it's your people, they, right? And I see these bags from like three years ago, like when or when I was like sewing in my apartment, and they're awful. They're absolutely awful. I'm yeah. telling like you want you want a new top two bag and like nah I'm gonna, I'm gonna rock this one yeah it's like well it's sentimental man I don't know we I do I get it I get sentimentally attached to an, an inanimate object that is with me in some pretty crazy shit you know it's like all you have is this like some people love their home yeah okay well this is my home you know I'm just taking it with me and so I get it like they they have like. I mean, they've been through so much with that bag. But that's the cool thing about it for you is like you're seeing like that bag has been everywhere. But I want it to work better for them. Oh, you know, it's like you're the scientist. But, <laughs> no, but, but really, though, but they're like, happy, though. It, you it, know, don't you think they're happy? They could be happier. <laughs> <laughs> you're so funny. <laughs> yeah. No, but really, I want to definitely take a moment to, just to thank everybody like in the Southeast that supported me. And, you know, even, you know, even Neil and Lindsay, you know, when they gave me the green light, you know, they were, they were in Colorado at the time. But there's yeah. so many people that have, like, and yourself that have, you know, kind of stuck, stuck with me and gave me chances. So that's, that's really, I'm really grateful for that. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. Well, that sounds like a pretty good place to end it, huh? Thank you for catching up, man. It was, it was great. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing all the other interviews that you got dialed up, man. Oh, yeah. The future, some, the future got, is bright for you, man. I got some good ones. Oh, but I got wait. you, which is the most important. High five. Thanks, brother. Ah. All right, all right. Thank you for sticking around. Um, again, I really appreciated that interview. It was so great to sit down and catch up with Greg again and see how well he's doing. And um, yeah, he's a really interesting guy, uh, working it hard. Uh, He's, he obviously cares and is passionate and he's putting everything into it. And in my opinion, he's doing it in a, in, in a, in a good way. You know, he's really trying to be community centric and really create good products and good services and value for us, the bikepacking community. So keep it up, Greg. Oh, and I almost forgot to mention there is still a 
discount code at Rockgeist. So we started this last year. Um, and if you go to his website, do the checkout thing, and there's going to be that, you know, enter a coupon code, just put in bikes or death. I think it's all one word. Um, if that doesn't work, then space it out, but I'm pretty sure it's all one word bikes or death that gets you 10% off. You know, none of that goes to me. It's all for Greg. He loves the show and wants to support it and wants to give you guys a little thank you. Um, so from Greg to y'all, there's a 10% discount. So go check that out if you want. All right. Well, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I'm super bummed, but the Amazon affiliate link is down. It is not working. Uh, Jeff Bezos took careful examination of my account and realized that I was violating the terms of service. I have no idea what I did, but I'm going to try to get to get to the bottom of that and see if we can get that rectified. But now we have a new initiative. It's van time. It's time for the Bikes or Death podcast to step up. I want to go from my little Tupperware that I carry around with all my gadgets and recording equipment, and I want to put all that into a sweet van with some nice graphics on the side and let people know what's up. Uh, obviously, it'll say "Ride your damn bike" on the back. Um, it'll 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 be awesome. I don't know exactly what it's going to be. I got to get the van yet, uh, van done, and maybe we'll do like a contest for uh, some sweet graphics to go on the side. I think that would be awesome. I'd love to get. I'm not artistic at all, um, so I, I really respect people who are and. Um, uh, and I know that we have a lot of creative people listening. Uh, so anyway, but that'll be step two. Step one right now is help fund a van. So please, if you can, even a dollar helps. It's all anonymous. So if you want to be cheap and only put in a dollar, it doesn't matter. It's all anonymous. Just click anonymous. It'll help. And I appreciate it. And uh, if everybody put in a dollar, we could literally go buy that van tomorrow. It's that easy. I'm not trying to get some lavish, you know, extravagant $30,000 van with a $30,000 build out and live in there and blah, blah. No, I just want a cool van. I want to be able to record people. I want to be able to go on location. And uh, I want to be able to sleep in there. That's really it. Give me a bed. Give me a table and a couple microphones. And I'm a happy camper. I'm pretty simple. Um, and other than that... Uh, we just hit a hundred patrons, which is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Seriously. Thank you. Uh, it means so much to know that you have like a little bit of money that you can count on every single month. And, uh, and it helps. I'm using that money to buy merchandise, to buy shirts, to, you know, hopefully finish out a van or whatever I'm going to do. So a lot of the money that I rely on to help grow the podcast is coming from my patrons. So if you want to be a part of that, please head over to Patreon. Uh, again, you can find links on my website or, um, you just go to patreon.com and it's bikes or death and you can sign up again for as little as a dollar a month. I'm going to send you a sticker. There's like merch that you're going to get, but more importantly, probably, is I do custom videos now, custom content just for my patrons. I want to give you all a little extra, you know, because it really does mean that much that I'm willing to put in a little bit more extra effort. So if you're a patron and you ask me to do a video on my hammock setup or my cooking setup or you want to hear a, a, a more detailed recount of a trip that I went on or anything, I mean, just post a question on there, send it to me, and I will try to make that happen. Uh, the other thing that I do for my patrons is I let them know who my guests are going to be ahead of time and give them an opportunity to ask any questions that they might be really interested in, and then I'll bring those questions to those guests. So I hope those are some pretty neat incentives that will hopefully bring more value to my patrons because I really do value them. So thank you for all of y'all 
other than that, just go over the website and check out all the sweet merchandise we got. Um, we got ride your damn bike stickers and bikes or desk stickers and patches and we got shirts. We got all kinds of cool stuff. So if you're looking to fancy up your bike with some stickers or your bags with a patch or you're looking to fancy up yourself with a nice shirt whatever it is we got you covered so head over to bikes or death and check that out um i think that's it i appreciate y'all thank you this first year has been absolutely a windstorm i kind of feel like i've just been like swept away um, I started it i had no idea how it would be received um, or what would happen and it's been a pleasure. It's been fun. It's been challenging. I've learned a lot. I've, I feel like I've grown a lot as a person. I've learned a lot from a lot of my guests, uh, or I've learned a lot from almost all of my guests. And it's been a true pleasure. And I've also got the opportunity to meet a lot of the community and just interact with y'all on the internet. And I feel very fortunate to be in this position. And I, uh, I'm fortunate to be in this community of awesome people. So yeah, let's get that van so I can go out there and meet more of y'all. I think it's going to be good. We'll do some rides. Oh, and one last thing before I forget. Next week on the show, we have Joe Cruz. You have heard me mention him in the episode with Miles. You've heard me bring it up in this episode with Greg. And next week, you're going to get to hear from the man himself. I'm super excited. Uh, it wasn't planned. He was standing there. I saw an opportunity. I drug him over and said, hey, man, can we do it? He said, sure, we can, because he's awesome. So that's next week. Uh, can't wait to, for that one. But until then, go ride your damn bike. You load up your bike, you ride away from home. You could be with your friends or you could be alone. You ride for a day or maybe more. You just love being in the great outdoors. Everything you need is strapped to your bars, including that new pillow you got from Santa Claus. And then you think, oh shit to yourself. You let that super lightweight tent on the living room shelf. Bikes 